Bavakama Perik, Zion, Mishnah Zion, 7-7, the last of the Perik. And because up to now the Mishnah has been dealing largely throughout the Masechta with halachas that apply to livestock and animals here, as we wrap up um, the seventh Perik and that topic, the Mishnah discusses various uh, Dine de Rabban and Rabbinic enactments um, which restrict uh, or govern the way in which one raises livestock. So the Mishnah has a bunch of different kind of unrelated cases. The verse says, one may not, literally translating it, uh, raise small animals, meaning uh, flocks of goats and sheep, in Eretz Yisrael. We'll see in a second this is limited um, to urban centers, but what's driving it is that Chazal wanted to ensure the mitzvah of Yishuv Eretz Yisrael is possible, of the mitzvah of dwelling in the land of Israel, and therefore they wanted um, the land of Israel to be able to support as large a population as possible. Now, if you're talking about um, you know, competing for land resources, you can allocate your land towards um, raising agricultural crops to support, you know, provide food for people, or you could also raise livestock. Um, if you raise livestock, they'll end up you know, eating you know, the wheat grass that's growing, will be eaten by the sheep, therefore you won't have enough wheat. So although there is perhaps um, benefits to having more animals, you could support a larger population by having more land dedicated um, to agriculture. And therefore the Mishnah is saying here that you cannot raise uh, goats and sheep, which would then end up limiting the amount of agricultural output of the land. Of a Megadon Basuria, what you could do is raise, without any restrictions, um, goats and sheep in uh, Surya. Surya essentially is like modern-day Syria to the north of Israel. The point of the Mishnah is that um, in the time of um, Bias Rishon, the time of the first temple period, David and Melech, King David, conquered um, this area called Surya. It's around um, the Euphrates River, up, up you know, farther north in modern-day Israel. And um, his conquest didn't constitute a formal um, expansion of the halachic borders of Eretz Yisrael, meaning that the land of Surya was uninvested with the same sanctity as Eretz Yisrael proper. Um, the exact technical reason why, there's a bit of a discussion in the Rishonim, but the point is, he didn't do it with the full participation and or authorization of Klai Yisrael. He acted sort of as a private person or like in a private kind of way. And therefore, while the political borders of Israel extended in the time of David, King David, to Surya, the Eretz Yisrael, the sanctity of the land did not extend that far. It's kind of like, you know, the issue of, you know, the Medina, Yisrael, the, the political boundaries of the modern state of Israel, um, which today, let's say, would include a lot, but a lot is not part of Eretz Yisrael. It was never invested with the Kedusha Papasha, simply, presumably it wasn't. Um, so the point is that Chazal didn't really see any great value in Jews being able to live in Surya. That wasn't a fulfillment of the spiritual benefits of being Eretz Yisrael, and therefore they didn't restrict um, one's raising of livestock in Surya because they didn't mind if the, pop- if the population actually was forced to move further south because they couldn't support such a large population, they'd come to Eretz Yisrael proper. Okay? Um, also, they said you may raise um, flocks of, of sheep and goats without restriction in the wilderness of Israel since there's no people living out there. Those lands wouldn't be dedicated towards agricultural uses, and therefore you're not sort of limiting the amount of total population in Israel if you have goat and sheep grazing out in the wilderness outside the bounds of, of urban centers. At all events, um, it should be spoken out for a moment that certainly, you know, uh, cows and horses and mules would also be potentially um, eating 
from agricultural output, which would limit the total amount of food that could be produced in Israel um, to support people. But the rabbis did not restrict um, the raising of of behemagasos, larger animals like horses, cows, etc., because those are also used um, for farming itself and other, you know, their draft animals, their work animals, and so on, pack animals. And the rabbis didn't want to make a takana that would be too difficult, make it too difficult for the for the people. Anytime you have a, the people can't stand up to the takana, it wouldn't be binding. And therefore they said, goats and sheep, we can manage that, but not with other kind of, of, of work animals. So that's din number one. Then number two, like a new paragraph. The rabbi said that you can't have essentially free-range chickens running around in, in the Jerusalem area because um, chickens, would where would they get their food if they're kind of free-range chickens? They would go to the ashpaot, the trash heaps around the perimeter of the city um, where all sorts of stuff was there, including, you know, dead rats and that kind of thing. And the concern was that the chickens pecking at the in the trash heaps would end up bringing back little bones, even a bone the size of a sora, like a barley corn, would be a source of tumah, if it came from a sheriff's when they ate, ate shratzim. And the concern was that the area of Jerusalem is full of people eating kadshim. Remember, everyone who comes to Yerushalayim and brings, let's say, just a shlamim or a toad or whatever it is, would be eating um, kadshim column throughout the walls of, of Jerusalem. And the concern was that there could be little, you know, sources, un, undetected source of tumah infiltrating by means of the chickens bringing bones from the garbage heaps. And therefore they said no chickens in Jerusalem. Um, these means it's kind of chickens that are free to roam around, but chickens that are in a chicken coop and kept, you know, indoors and confined, those are permitted. Um, you see, for example, the mission in Masechus Yoma, if you remember the end of the first parak, it said the Krias HaGever talked about the, the rooster crowing. You see that in Jerusalem there were roosters crowing, but these roosters and chickens were kept, you know, indoors in a lull in like a chicken coop, and that way they couldn't... Um, go wandering around, bring Tumah. Similarly, says the Mishnah, Even outside of Jerusalem, the Kohanim may not keep chickens um, anywhere in the country of Israel because of Taharos. So the idea is that there's no possibility of Kadshim being eaten outside the walls of Jerusalem, even Kadshim Kalim that's confined to that space, but the Kohanim are also given um, gifts of Truma, which actually is Truma Gedola and Truma Smeister and Chala, all of which um, the Kohen has an obligation in Midoraiz to ensure it stays tahor, to be shomer, to protect the truma from becoming tame. And um, even if he hasn't got truma in his house now, if he has chickens around, the next thing you know, the chickens will bring that some kasora into the house. Then the utensils in the kitchen, like the bowls or the knives, whatever the story, might become tame. And then later on, when the Kohen gets his truma, he'll end up inadvertently being matamit. And therefore the rabbi said, no Kohanim, allowed to raise chickens anywhere inside of Eretz Yisrael. Outside of Eretz Yisrael, it's not an issue because there's no truma for starters outside of Eretz Yisrael. Um, and while there is perhaps chala, even so, Eretz Yisrael is tummy from beginning to end, so it wouldn't be a problem. Wouldn't be a, it's not relevant. Um, okay. Now, next. You can't, Jews cannot raise pigs, period. Um, this is a Dinder Abanan. Um, the truth is that already uh, this is in the rice that that Jews can't raise non-kosher animals for for um, as a food source, even if you're selling to non-Jews. So pig farming is just even before this in the would be forbidden if you're raising pigs, you know, to sell, you know, to to make pork chops. However, let's say for example, uh, you had a uh, football factory you needed to have pig hides. So in the rice, it's not a problem for commercial purposes to raise, you know, pigs for their hides, etc. 
Um, but the rabbi said no. And why did they say no, specifically regarding pigs? Because of Mike Sashaya, it once happened at the end of the Hasmonean period that these two brothers, um, Aristobulus and Hyrcanus, were fighting over control of Yerushalayim. One was besieging the other. One was outside the walls, one was in the walls. And even though there was like a military campaign happening, the people outside the walls provided people inside the walls with um, two sheep every day and like a, like a dumb waiter that was carried up over the walls so they could bring the the Tamidin, the daily offerings, in the base of Mikdash until one time someone realized, listen, as long as we keep on providing the people on the inside with the Tamidin, the sheep, then we're never going to win this war because Hashem will be helping them. And therefore, um, in sort of a, an act of brazen, um, disgusting behavior, they they put, instead of sheep, they put a pig in the dumbwaiter and says the Gemara, the pig stuck its it's like hooves into the walls of the of Yerushalayim, and the whole country shook. It's uh, this, you know, this re- revolting, terrible event. Um, to which the rabbis responded and said, "Listen, that's it. We're done with pigs. No pigs um, being raised by Jews. Period." Okay. Next, again, another new paragraph. Lo yigadel adam esa kelev. A person may not um, raise dogs. Ele imkin haya kashur unless the dog is restrained by like a metal chain. The issue here, this is not really a, a source that says that having a pet poodle is a problem. It's saying that um, dogs are big and scary. They bark and they can cause women um, to even have miscarriages by scaring them and so on. Um, so therefore, unless your dog is restrained by a chain, so no one will be scared of it, um, it's not allowed to maintain such a dog because people, um, like I said, can get can get bitten or get scared, miscarry and the like. God forbid. Um, so therefore, if you want to have a poodle in your house that's harmless and doesn't, you know, little cute little golden retriever and so on, that Bapashtas is not restricted by this Mishnah. It's scary dogs that um, scare people. Okay, fine. The last case of the Mishnah is um, talking about in person nishbim leona. One may not spread traps to catch pigeons and doves. Unless these traps are being set up far out of the city. Um, the concern is that while people did want to raise uh, pigeons and, and doves for the sake of all sorts of things, for food, for fertilizer, for communication purposes, um, carbonos. But um, the problem is that while a wild pigeon might be wild and you have rights to collect it just like you can catch a fish in the ocean or something, um, many people own their doves privately and the doves do move around you know, as they feed themselves. So when you set up a net, you could be catching someone else's dove. And that would be essentially Geneva. Therefore, the rabbi said you have to set up your your nets to catch these doves far out of um, the urban centers that presumably if you catch a bird it's a hefker ownerless bird not a privately owned bird as far as the distance shloshim ris other gear so say rus but the, these are seven and a half the pashas there are seven and a half of these um to one mil so shloshim ris would be four mil uh the mil two thousand amos the etymology really is the same as our english word for mile it's, it was like a from the word like um like a thousand in, in Latin, like a millipede, a thousand legs, or a millimeter, and so on. So it was a thousand paces of a Roman soldier, but the rabbis don't work in paces, they worked in, in cubits, so then they have like the, the ama, so it's 2,000 amos, uh, which, although it sounds like a mile, really is much closer to the modern-day kilometer. Okay, so something like around four kilometers um, outside of the city is the closest you can put your bird traps uh, to ensure that you're not catching people's privately-owned birds. Okay, and with that, uh, we finished the seventh parak of Avakama and these topics all together. Now we go on to the eighth parak, a whole new topic about Chabala injuring uh, your fellow Jew.